Hello and welcome to episode 32 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're here to talk to you about movies, music, TV, and more. Let's get into the news real quick. Uh, first bit of news, the Discovery Channel has announced the reality TV show where the grand prize is an all-inclusive trip to the ISS, or the International Space Station. Uh, this reality TV show is aptly titled, Who Wants to Be an Astronaut? It will be putting contestants through, quote-unquote, the ranks of what astronauts go through on their journey to space. This sounds awesome. I, yes, it sounds awful, but at the same time, if they have the right challenges and, like, the right obstacle courses, because I assume there's going to be a couple obstacle courses, um, I I think this would be, like, some quality trash TV, easily. Because I said awesome, not awful. Right, right, but it, it seems awful. I mean, good trash TV, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah, like, uh... You know, maybe like American Ninja Warrior. I was literally about to say Ninja Warrior, yep. You'll you'll turn it on for an episode and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you'll forget that it's a show until the next time that you randomly see it on. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I hope it's a little more like, uh, you know, Ninja Warrior, kind of lesser so. I mean, I kind of hope it's very cheesy and very off the wall. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. that didn't really work for that uh, The Floor is Lava one. On Netflix, oh, yeah, but that's <laughs> awful. Like that's bad trash yeah, but, TV. So yeah, but it doesn't even have a cool premise. So it's all right. I mean, this I mean, it's cool no, premise. yeah, it's no all inclusive trip to space. That's for sure. Exactly. All right. Uh, some casting news: Taylor Swift joins the cast of David O. Russell's upcoming movie Canterbury Glass. The main stars of this movie are going to be Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. Um, I didn't know Taylor Swift acted. I mean, I don't know that she does, but I'm sure I'm sure this is probably her only role that she'll have, and she seems like a talented enough person that, you know what I mean? Like, she's not going to blow your socks off acting, I'm sure, but I'm sure she can be fine. Like, And she has the money and time, assumingly, to actually put in effort to put in a good performance. So Yeah, but what if, she, uh, what if she pulls a Lady Gaga, you know? I mean, even better, right? Like... <laughs> Awesome. Just becomes an actress. She quits the music, quits all that, you know, quits re-recording all that stuff. Just starts becoming a serious actress, you know. On on a tangential note, I found out that Spotify thinks that Taylor Swift is my favorite artist. I mean, uh, is it wrong? It's definitely wrong because oh. I don't. I wouldn't put her in my top five really. But of like the last six months, yeah, I probably listened to the most of her, which is unfortunate. But sounds like you're hating on T Swift, is what I'm hearing. Well, and actually, another tangential T-Swift news, I guess she has the most vinyl record sales of any artist of all time. Huh. Because she, she just weird... celebrated that by releasing something on our website. Or something. I saw it on Instagram. She celebrated that but... by releasing another vinyl. <laughs> yeah, that just, you can buy yeah, exclusively solidify, on Yeah, solidify that $39.99. Ain't nobody, like, past, present, or future going to be that record. Um, th- th- that's just kind of weird to me. I mean, obviously, it makes sense. But at the same time, you know, I guess music or I guess purchasing of music has kind of gone by the wayside. But then it's like ironic and memorabilia to get the record. I don't know. Sorry. Biggest vinyl sales week. Oh, okay. That's a little different. That's different. It's different for sure. But wait, what'd she release on vinyl? I'm confused. 
I don't fucking know, man. I'm, I'm confused. Like, she just randomly got best vinyls in a week record? Well, she did or like most? that. The re-recording? Oh, I guess her Evermore, her Evermore album vinyl came out today. Oh. Well, uh, you Which know. Which was the follow-up one to Folklore. Good, good for her. Uh, on yeah. completely unrelated news, uh, Seth Rogen says that his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot is due out in 2023. You know what's hilarious about this? Yes, no. What? I, I knew about this the second it got announced. Why? But I didn't understand that it was an announcement. He announced it on social medias, and I follow him on Instagram, and there was like a picture, and it was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... A notebook like Leonardo was in school or something and took notes and he's like it's so funny Leonardo takes notes just like me and it had like a 2023 in the top right and I googled it immediately after I was like is there a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and there was no news article and I was like I don't know what this is about Bull Seth Rogen I guess you like TMNT <laughs> so now that you're telling me this I'm like that makes a lot more sense because I didn't like I, I must have you know gotten on like a minute of the post so there were no associated news articles yet <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't realize it was that cryptic. I thought it was just kind of a straight up, hey guys, what's up, Seth Rogen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2023, you know? Uh, I didn't really yeah. dive into the story. All I really care about is um, how many reboots are we going to have of one property, okay? I cannot name you a property that has the reboot cycle that Ninja Turtles does. Because not only do we get movie reboots every so often, we get TV reboots. Literally, right. at the same stuff. pace, or like even faster sometimes. I, I, I think we had two or three separate animated, like separate animated television series during those uh, last Michael Bay produced movies. I had to guess it's probably just because it's one of the more acceptable franchises to do that with. It is beloved Why, and nostalgic. But it works, and every young demographic, no matter which generation it's hitting, is still interested in it. And I think the older ones are interested enough in it, you know, like they remain interested enough. One of the few properties that actually, you know, carry some weight, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, and I think now that Seth Rogen's doing it, it should still be an interesting enough spin that I'll want to check it out. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I watched the last couple. <laughs> if I can watch those, I can watch anything, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm curious to see if this is going to be a live-action reboot. Or... I would imagine. But I would really love if they did, like, a classic animation reboot. I mean, I doubt that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, 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 live-action makes sense. Just don't give them noses this time or human teeth. Just avoid all that stuff, please. Learn your lessons. I think... I think the two choices are it's live action, right? And it's just simple. Or they do like, you know, like his little animation combination thing with like Sausage Party kind of art mm. style. Mm. You know, it's like yeah, actual like, 3D animation. Yeah, well, they already tried that before too, back in uh, 2010. 2010, it was just called TMNT. The edgy... That was a TV show, right? No, that was a movie. It was a really? 3D animated movie, yep. Yep. <laughs> Been a lot of reboots of this property. Okay, uh, moving on. Zack Snyder talked about his new Arthurian tale, uh, which I wasn't aware he was making, or maybe I just forgot. 
Yeah, Probably sure. Forgot. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's making one, and it happens to be set in the Wild West. Um, I don't know. I mean, if Excalibur's not a Magnum or like a revolver, he's really missing out. But I feel like that's the only that's the only way that's gonna work, right? Is if Excalibur's a gun, finds a, sure. you know finds a gun, sure. he's King Arthur, you know, a King of the Wild West, out of a rock, yeah. <laughs> yeah, King of America. That's what that's what happens. Meets a kills a dragon or whatever, you know, in the Wild West. That's how that's how sure. it works. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure. You know, speaking of middle-aged directors who might be out of touch with uh, what audiences want, or might be so in tune to what audiences want that I just don't realize. Uh, Roland I can make some kind of garbage. Yeah, Roland Emmerich's new movie is going to be titled Moonfall. It is going to star Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, among others. It comes out February third, twenty twenty-two. And if you can't guess by that title. Uh, the moon falls out of orbit and coming to Earth. Watch out! Watch out! Yep, it's a it's an Emmerich movie. Um, you know, I can't really say much more about it. I just it's amazing to me that he's still doing these things. I yeah, like why? Like, I don't it doesn't know. sound interesting at all to me. I feel like anyone could have thought of this, right? Literally, anyone who's looked up at nighttime could think of this plot. I mean, yeah, for it, sure. it just doesn't scream creativity. or. Um... Uh, it makes me curious, like, is Halle Berry that desperate? No, okay, you fat think? paychecks are fat paychecks, John. Don't even... A Roland Emmerich movie, I bet they're paying Halle Berry that good money. Now... Oh, that's what I'm saying. Are you that desperate for that kind of cash? Like, I mean, what's she been in lately? She hasn't really stood out in the last couple of years. Maybe this could help start that up. You know, uh, Halle Berry's aunts. Uh, there's no pun there. I really feel like movies that are going to be as bad as this was going to be aren't going to kickstart a Halle Berry's aunts. They could. <laughs> they could. Uh, maybe. Doubtful. Uh, I mean, now Patrick Wilson... I mean, I guess this is probably a great opportunity to co-star with Halle Berry and in a action movie. It's the guy from uh, Insidious and uh, the Watchmen, Zack Snyder one. You know Patrick. Oh Wilson. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, I do know him. Uh, you know, I I always like his acting. I enjoy his acting. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably check this movie out. Definitely, definitely not on release. <laughs> I'll wait a few more months. Uh, I I can wait for Moonfall. Okay. Uh. This is kind of weird news. Uh, so Paramount Plus is making a new limited series based off the making of The Godfather. And it is going to be called The Offer. It will portray Al Ruddy, who is a famous producer way back when. And he quote-unquote made an offer Marlon Brando couldn't refuse. So that's quote-unquote The Offer. And so... Right. So originally, Army Hammer was going to play the role of Al Ruddy, but um, he hasn't really been doing too hot lately in like the public eye. Hasn't. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't have the shiniest reputation right now. Uh, so Miles Teller has now replaced him in this TV show. I'm pretty sure the show was set to come out next year, but I would say after a recast, it might take a little longer. 
I don't know. It's it's interesting how all these things work. At least it wasn't, you know, finished and they recasted it or it wasn't finished and got ruined by someone's reputation. So it's just interesting to me. And I'd also like to talk about how we're just making movies that are about the making of movies or the fictionalization of the making of the right. movies. Yeah, it's just a bad spiral that we've started to go down and we were just doing too many of these. Is it James Franco's fault for the disaster artist? For sure. Yeah, it's his fault. Without okay. a doubt. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think like whose fault it was. Maybe there's an older one. I, I, I can't think of anything, but uh, maybe there's a list of movies about making movies. But uh, yeah, this this pattern Probably. this pattern's kind of weird. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really care for Mank's subject matter. Speaking of a movie based on making a movie, you know, uh, the movie was fine, but the subject matter didn't really, you know, spark anything in me. But yeah. All right, moving on to some other news. Actually, maybe oh, did adaptation start at all? Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> maybe. Adaptation started everything, okay? It actually started fourth wall breaking. Fun fact. 2002, yeah, bro. Fun fact. <laughs> All right, so uh, Damon Lindelof, who, you know, uh, wrote Lost and created the Watchmen TV series, mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. next project, which is titled Mrs. Davis, is officially coming to Peacock. They have ordered a, a straight-to-series, 10-episode order, it's a drama, and he's co-creating it with T Tara Hernandez. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure of her work, but uh, anything with Damon Lindelof's name on it, it's pretty hype. Um, I think after Watchmen, I will literally watch anything this man produces or writes or anything all, like that. All we know is, is it's just a live action drama. That's it. Yeah. 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 I'm just, you know, Damon Lindelof. I got to talk about him because okay. that one episode no. in Watchmen. Okay. That one episode. And he also did the leftovers. So the man's got some high marks in my, in my book. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe not yours, John. We 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 know. Oh, I just I haven't watched the leftovers. So. And you need to. TBD. Definitely TBD. need to. Okay, uh, John, you probably don't because I barely do. But um, do you remember an old TV show? Not an old TV show. An older TV show on TNT, I believe, called Leverage. Is about honestly, it sounds it sounds vaguely familiar. It's about like a group of people who did heists. And there's an older guy. Uh, <laughs> I I don't remember a lot of the plot, but I think that explained it really well. Honestly, they're like minor criminals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just googled it and I remember this fucking little portrait. Okay, well, um, uh, you know, leverage has really stayed in the zeitgeist and oh, every yeah, it's very very important, very popular, very relevant. Yes, it revolutionized TNT's whole roster of TV it shows. Ain't no drama, okay? <laughs> TNT, boom, okay? Well, <laughs> well, we are getting a sequel show. This is courtesy of IMDb TV. It is called Leverage Redemption, and I didn't care to look up what it's about. I just want to know what's going on with IMDb TV. Like, who, what, you know. Right, why, <laughs> who buys it, how? Who are you yeah, guys I'm, gearing I'm towards? Are you guys gearing to, like, senile old people? Because it's like the only place you can watch Murder, She Wrote in Columbo. And now we're getting a sequel to a TNT show that was only on at like daytimes at 2 p.m. But who's this for? I, I mean, Amazon owns them. I, I don't understand why they're 
trying to branch off IMDb into anything but IMDb. Um, it's it perplexes me. Is just a summation of this piece of news. Like, what uh, were they going to announce ne- a Burn Notice sequel TV show or? A, I can't think of another like such a B list TV show to go back and revisit. It's just I really can't think of one. Oh, That's right. probably why it's on IMDb TV. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's the only That's one they the could one afford. The one they could afford the rights <laughs> to exactly. Okay. Uh, so, did you happen to watch Jupiter's Legacy, the Mark Miller Netflix TV show that came out three weeks ago? Had a, oh no! Like the superhero bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't even bother trying to turn it on. No, oh well, well. Apparently, you weren't alone because Netflix has canceled that show. It has been out three and a half weeks, I believe. Didn't they already order like a spinoff or something though? Well, no, that's the Mark Miller verse. That's all of his other oh, things. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. But I don't think that bodes particularly well for any of the other stuff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, when the first and property you'll probably see big budget cuts to the other properties. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing to me that Netflix they're they're just so sure of their system they can cancel a show three weeks after it airs. Is that that's got? I mean, that's they, there's no way that other TV production companies do exactly that. I mean, yeah, some shows fail so hard that right. they you know get canceled after an episode or two, but. I feel like Netflix pushes things so often and how many times you see, oh, top 10 in America. Here's six Netflix originals, you know, and definitely not a coincidence, but I, I guess even all that can't make up for people just not caring, uh, whether it's, I don't know, oversaturation of superheroes, whether it's just the look of the show because it looked all cheap, kind of like a CW show. You want to hear an interesting piece of news about it? Sure. 24 hours after it was canceled, there was 696 million minutes of viewing time in the week that it aired. Okay? It aired on May 7th, and the week that it aired was May 3rd to 9th. So in three days, almost 700 million minutes of viewing time, and it was in the number one spot for the week that it came out. It beat out The Handmaid's Tale, which was 690 million. And canceled. And canceled. Like <laughs> Netflix must have that's put way too much money into yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I I just I don't understand how they got that so wrong. Uh, you you would assume they would do an automatic two season thing just because they have so much money in the Millerverse right now, right? But um, guess not. <laughs> it's kind of weird Clearly. to me. I I don't know if Netflix has canceled a show that soon. You know, they give it usually a month or so, but, um, yeah. Right, yeah, uh, yeah not, like, yeah. literally, but, uh, I guess it's been a month, right? Oh, four weeks, Came okay. May 7th? I, still, though, this is cutting it close. I feel like that's so soon. Well, yeah, right. and it's usually a month for a piece of shit, not, like, some huge budget thing, which yep. I guess is the bigger deal here. Yep, uh, yep. I guess we'll see right. how, how well the Millerverse pans out. <laughs> I think uh, later this year we'll get one, and, uh, yeah. another one. I think it's dead, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they have six more projects, so I guess they'll they'll probably bang out two or three more before they cancel it all. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of cancellations, uh, NBC has canceled a show called Debris, and I don't really care about this piece of news. Maybe some people out there do, but first off, it's Debris. 
Sorry, NBC has canceled Debris. Yes, the classic TV show Debris after one season. The only reason I bring this up is that this was billed as the next X-Files. Um, I saw multi- really? multiple articles with like the same exact headline of, is Debris the next X-Files? So I assume that was just, you know, like promo articles, whatnot for the trailers and such. It's just the fact that NBC tries, or I guess all networks try and try again to recapture something without caring to make something original that people care about. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm curious when TV companies will ever learn or if they will ever learn. But, no, uh, for sure. They won't. That's right. the answer. Yeah. We've I'll, talked I'll, about it numerous times at this point. I'm sure we'll, 33 weeks. Worth. We'll sit it. We'll get a dark gritty thriller, <clears throat> uh, psychological crime thriller with a man and a woman come next fall. Like it'll, it'll happen over and over again. All right. Uh, last group of news. It's just a lot of HBO max news. It seems to be a pattern lately. I'm not sure what that whole, like Warner breaking off their entertainment division has done, but they've just been flowing with news the past, what, three weeks now. I feel like it's been pretty dominant. It's usually HBO dominant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, HBO Max is creating a TV show called The Staircase. Now, you might know that title from a Netflix docuseries, and with good reason, because it is based on the same exact story. But it will be a fictionalization and not a docuseries. Um, You're right. So what they did was they took a thing that happened in the real-life cinematic universe, and then... Yes. And now they're going to fictionalize it. No, no. Then Netflix said, we'll make a show about that. And then HBO said, wait... We can make a show about that. This is the reverse, the making of. So then we'll have to get like IMDb TV to do a making of the staircase HBO Max's TV show to go full circle. No, no, we're never, we're never getting IMDb TV to do anything. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're never. All right, uh, but uh, the actual piece of news: the staircase has cast Sophia Turner and Colin Firth. Colin Firth mm-hmm. will play the main guy that I don't know the name of, and Sophia Turner will play one of his daughters. Uh, it's it's to boil it down simply, it's about a man who's blamed for killing his wife, and he says she fell down a staircase, yada yada. That's quote unquote the staircase. All right, uh, another HBO Max. Her, news. her name is yeah. Sophie Turner, right? It's not Sophia. I always thought it was Sophia. I think- Oh, my bad. Married to the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, thing? yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, a little correction. Sophie Turner. I, it's not too bad. <laughs> like Sansa, right? That's who we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Huh. All right. Well, whatever. I'll uh, mental note. You know, next time. All right. Uh, so the new HBO slash HBO Max. I can't tell the difference anymore. Uh, Last of Us TV show adaptation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have casted Merla Dandridge as uh, the character of Marlene in the la- in the show, but the thing is, she voiced that character in the video game. So I like how we're getting to the point that actresses and voice actresses can literally reprise each roles. Other's work. No, no, yeah. can reprise roles from a video game series, like. Uh, the lady who was in the last Modern Warfare game, I saw her on a TV show like a year later, and it's crazy it's that I can thing. recognize people oh, from video oh. games now, you know? Like, graphics have gotten to a point that you don't right. need to recast people. 
It's just, yeah. oh, you mocap them, so just cast them as the actual actor, right? Uh, which, I don't know. It's just a kind of it's a really cool feeling. Graphics have finally gotten to that point that, you know, you can... It's not like, oh, that sort of looks like The Rock in this PS2 video game, you know? But uh, now we're legit just casting voice actresses as the character. Like, I don't know. There's something something really cool about that. Okay, uh, moving on. Danny McBride has announced that he is producing a anime... <clears throat> sorry, an animated series based on Garbage Pail Kids for HBO Max. I have no affinity for Garbage Pail Kids. Pretty sure it's way before our time. But, uh, yeah, we're getting an animated TV show. Uh, I don't really care. We can move on to the next piece of news unless you want to... Yeah. No, the only thing I want to say is, like, what even? Like, obviously I kind of know what Garbage Pail Kids are, but, like, what is... Obviously it's Danny McBride, right? He's producing it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, like, adult, right? Like crass humor i mean we don't know if it's going to be adult it's hbo max though is there children's stuff on hbo max yeah i mean we pretty sure we talked about uh a children's thing like forever ago i don't know Well, but i thought it was like hbo kids or something (laughs) i don't think there's any difference no i mean hbo max is the only home for sesame street like streaming so okay i take it back I, i just it's just strange i didn't know what like I, I don't know why Danny McBride's tied to it. That was what it was. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how these things work. Maybe he just really likes Garbage Pail Kids. He threw right, out the it's pitch. It's just a thing from his kids, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll pay some money and help yeah. this shit get on." Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, or he's the one who pitched it. You, you never know. Um, I, Garbage Pail Kids are just like the cards, right? I don't know if they went past that. They had like cards and. There's a movie apparently. There's a movie. Okay, wow, that's, that's 1987 crazy. or something. Yeah. Okay. Well. uh... Moving on to something that I actually have nostalgia for, you know, uh, something more relevant. So HBO mm-hmm. Max has announced that they're producing something called the Scooby-Doo Reunion Special. And what this is going to be, what this is going to be, it's going to literally be an animated special where the mystery gang will talk about the series as a whole and, you know, other things. It's, I don't know, it's it's lasting appeal on pop culture, etc., I think it's a big parody and a tongue-in-cheek spoof on the Friends reunion, but it's going to be animated Scooby-Doo cast, which sounds awesome. I'm I'm not going to lie. I love this idea. And then it, like, something goes wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. During the special, uh, it slowly becomes haunted or something, and they have to figure out what's haunting the special. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Exactly. I, I don't know if I... Excuse me. I don't know if I appreciate that HBO Max is making fun of themselves in a way, but I'll take it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm cool with it. I'll I'll take it. If we get a Scooby Doo special out of it, you know, I'll take it. And this last piece of news is a bit of a bummer, especially for uh, you, John. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, apparently we missed this. This was announced about a month ago, almost a month ago, like May 12th or something. I think the article said. But the popular show This Is Us is going to end with season six. Um, no. <clears throat> what season? What season is it on now? Is it six? Oh, like this is it? Yep. Wow, this is it. That's the sequel series. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the final episode's name. <laughs> oh, this that'd be pretty it. good. Pretty good. Is it still going? Like it's ongoing right now? 
I mean, at least I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's season five, but I swore it's season six. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But is the current season like ongoing right now? Oh no, no. The current season is season five. Yes, and it is ongoing. Okay. That, the last episode came out last week. Okay, so we got uh, one more. You got one more season. Okay, one more year. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried because I was like, I was like, they're really wrapping things up, and I was like, that's going to explain a lot about what happened at the episode that I just finished and caught up with today. Like, they really showed something that was like a huge, what the fuck didn't make any sense thing wow so, uh, big, big twist at the end of today's episode it was crazy totally yeah for sure yeah 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, I i you know i i've talked about how i haven't watched the show so i'll take your word for Weak. it Weak. yeah uh sad news i'll take your word that it's sad news it, it, i mean it's it's pretty good tv so it is i'm interested to see like what will happen you know because like there's always a show kind of like this, so I'm interested to see what the next one of these will be like. And it's probably going to be the A Million Little Things that I've been watching, but they're already on, like, season three of that. So even if they only go to six seasons, like, there's got to be another one coming out soon, so. Yeah, I mean, once you once you start, you literally can't stop with TV exactly. show fads. They literally don't exactly. stop until they are driven into the ground and Completely then still dead. go, like, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit right, and then a couple more seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that that sadly was the last piece of news. If you want to get to the rele- album releases of the week, yep. Um, so we always start with the meme one or like a throwback nostalgia piece of garbage one. But uh, do you remember the fucking metalcore band Atreyu? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Again, another irrelevant fucking metal or metal adjacent band coming out with an album. Uh, Baptized by them is coming out uh, tomorrow, tonight, whatever. Um. Not interested at all, but it's hilarious. I'm sure sixth grade me would have been like, oh, sick. But, Betray you. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, uh, Rise Against. Uh, wow. The old pop punk. Or no, they're just punk, really. They're not yeah. pop punk. No one's going to argue with you, I don't think. I think they don't sound anything like Blink-182. That's the distinction for me. Blink-182 is that the like only... super pop punk. Mm-hmm. And Rise Against is way more punk, so I don't think it falls in the umbrella. Like, if, maybe if it's a spectrum, they're all the way on the punk side, and Blink is leaning towards the pop side, but either way, Rise Against. Uh, they have a new album, uh, which they've been promoting for a while, and I think they had a single or two. Um, it's called The Nowhere Generation. Um, for whatever reason, I've seen generally good things and, like, really, like, high anticipatory announcements about it, but I think it's because I, like changed their marketing schemes and like they did like a big like social media like renovation and tried to really make it a digital hey we're not boomers thing and for the most part they're like pretty socially conscious and don't just talk about like that's why i think it's more punk even it's not really like commercial bullshit that they talk about they like usually talk about like some at least serious topical things as opposed to oh man fight the system i love high school this is my girlfriend i think that's like pop punk in a nutshell whereas i feel like real punk just picks an issue for a whole song um either way um that's kind of exciting and then uh finally the most interesting fucking release uh Lil baby and Lil dirk collab album sweet what's it called the voice of heroes oh they couldn't even think of like a clever nope. come on guys yeah. Come on. The rule number one when two Your hip hop artists <laughs> make a collab album, you need to think of something clever, okay? Maybe maybe Freddie Gibbs has set that bar too high for everybody with the likes of Alfredo 
and then uh, Fetty. Like, he's just set the bar too high. It's okay, but at least try to think of something. Right, right. Jeremiah right. and Ty Dolla Sign did my tie. It's not even that like hard. The, even like the, like, what is it? Merry Christmas, Little Mama shit that Jeremiah and uh, Chance did. Like, there's cooler names than the voice of the heroes. Like, what does that even mean? I have no idea. Like, who are the heroes? You know? Yeah, is it, is it like made for like an animated movie or something? Like, did I miss that? It's like that a children's. Sense album <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's actually uh it's an original song for uh we are the mitchells or whatever that netflix movie is Just but yeah it's hilarious too because uh, obviously little baby has been increasingly popular for the last you know five six years but little dirk was like still pretty underground until like a year ago where he kind of like really started i mean i'm not saying underground is in like i just mean People who don't really listen to hip hop know Lil Durk songs now. Well, I, I, he had a reverse bell curve hype. Oh, like, like bef- before, before, yeah, because like, like in 2013, first... he was. I'd say he was really popular. Because right. that's when he signed to Def Jam back then, and then I want to say like maybe like two years ago, he had a song with Logic, and I think that's when he started to get like popular again. Like that's yeah, really big. I have no idea how he came back. It's it's kind of weird, honestly. He he did have a song with Drake couple years yeah ago, yeah well and, but i think i think that was like a year ago and that mm-hmm. was like him now yeah. again yeah. now he's collabing with little baby and i'm sure they probably befriended each other through little dirk's back again the ovo collab so yeah it's just kind of weird and what an interesting pair like what a fucking i don't know what this is going to sound like but I, I might actually surprisingly really like this or i'll just hate the shit out of this and i don't know that i'll be anywhere in between little dirk's not the not my favorite <laughs> so he's we'll he's really samey like if you like his sound you're gonna like most of his work but right. for me it's mostly bad he has some good features though like he's the one he's like an artist i wouldn't mind having semi-regular features with artists i actually like but i don't particularly care for any of his independent work um but yeah that's pretty much it as far as album releases that are yeah. of note that i can see uh so okay uh, highlights of the week mm-hmm um have you been going first? Have I been going first? I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, I'll go first. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with movies and TV. Uh, I finished. So the final season of the Castlevania animated TV show came out on Netflix. Uh, I watched that. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Every <laughs> Everyone I know, everyone who I've talked to, literally everyone I know says how much they love the show, how much it's so great, how they wish there were more shows exactly like it. I don't, I don't, I don't see it, don't man. It. I don't, don't there's something weird. Uh, so the first season was only like four episodes and I really hated it because it didn't do anything in those four episodes, but I thought the animation would get better and it really did. So it begs the question do i just not like the direction of the animation in the tv show i've never thought that about a tv show of all the anime all that everything i've watched i've never thought about like the actual direction of it but there's just something i don't like about it uh it's Hmm. fine it's serviceable it's got a plot you know that has an ending uh ties up everything pretty okay but uh yeah it's all right uh but on to better one, I actually watched the Dota animation. Animated oh, show. yeah, 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 yeah. That's also. actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought I was ever going to. Uh, 
I'm not sure if this is the Dota lore or if this is like accepted Dota lore or in the Dota universe. I don't I, I know. I turned it on once. I don't, I have no clue. Yeah, no idea. Um, but it's really sweet. It's actually, it's not making me want to play Dota because, you know, I'm not going to play 500 hours just to be okay at a game. So I, I, I'm not going to do that, but it makes me curious about Dota. So, uh, I think mission, I think mission accomplished. I'm not sure if that's all they were trying to do, but, uh, yeah, it has some really tight animation. I really like the characters and all the writing, um, uh, all their relationships. It's just pretty solid for an animated thing, especially for a first season. Actually really solid. Um, yeah. And the last thing I watched, I watched some other things, but not really talk about it. The last thing I watched was the Friends reunion special. Let's hear it. That is one of the most masturbatory things I've ever witnessed. Just like super self-indulgent. Wow. And just like it's gratuitous. Insane. Yeah. Like absolutely bonkers. Officer bonkers. Just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. There's an interview. So the first part they come back to the friend's room and it's recreated and you're like, Oh wow, this is actually kind of emotional. Am I going to really like the special? And then after that happens, they do this big interview thing with James Corden and it's just the most obnoxious. That's why he's there. Yeah. He's interviewing them. Interesting. Yeah. As like, obviously the actors and actresses, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. None of it's in the friends universe. Okay. It's all like, okay. and then other things are like, a little sk- I, it, Wait, it's the all whole bullshit. thing is the whole thing is not, yeah, the whole thing's unscripted. An episode. There's like script. There's oh. yeah. There's like little things in between, but like yeah, it's it's all. So it's this not is an like actual what, show. This is like, yeah. So this is like the Fresh Prince thing. Yes, yes, yes. It's like the Fresh Prince reunion. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, man, I just can't even explain how awful this. It makes me feel that like I'm sure people ate this shit up. I'm sure HBO Max is completely okay with the numbers they're getting from it. But yeah, just a little too much, a little too much for me. I, I didn't finish it. I made about halfway through before I was really just cringing and physically cringing from a TV show. So why was David Beckham in there? What He's was just that there. About? Like David Beckham's just there. He just talks about things. It's just, it's, it's He's like, oh, I remember, I remember when this was on and you're like, oh, cool. Pretty much. Like, like <laughs> you just, you, you can do it yourself if you want. I'm not gonna do I'm not it. Going I'm not to. gonna. I don't, I've never it. watched the show. Why would I watch that? Okay, well, don't watch it. <laughs> so, uh, music-wise, I listened to that new DMX album, and that's some hot garbage. Awesome. Some hot Dude. garbage. Not afraid to say you can't it. Call it. You can't call it hot garbage. It's got fucking Alicia Keys. It's got Jay Z. It's got <laughs> Nas. It's got Lil Wayne. It's got fucking Snoop Dogg. The oh, only man, the only good thing I can say about that album is that it's new dmx like that, that, that's it there's nothing there's nothing actually new about this album there's nothing new dmx about it it just happens mm-hmm. to be new songs that you haven't heard from him well in the the worst part it's not even a long album and it's way too long yeah oh yeah <laughs> way too long there there's some features like, it should have been an ep it should have been like five songs i don't know the jay-z features were just like bad <laughs> i don't know why i don't know if it's actual just song and then i didn't really love his bars but jesus uh the only feature that i even like 
thought helped a song was the uh, the Alicia Keys song. Mm. I didn't like the song. Wait, but Bono's I, on it? Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. I wanted to talk about the best song, which is Money, Money, Money. And it uses that, like, organ, mm-hmm. high-pitched organ, awesome sound, almost accordion. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to describe that instrument. But, uh, yeah, that's an awesome song. And then Skyscrapers featuring Bono is one of the worst songs I've heard in a long time. This is this is like John Bellion levels of offensive to me, or that one John Bellion album level of offensive to me. Mm, this is, oh man, Skyscrapers, that's probably my bottom 10 songs I've listened to this year easily. <laughs> like, without a doubt, Jesus. I don't even have to wonder about it. No, I really don't have to wonder. Um, yeah, but uh, on to some actually okay things. I listened to 21 by Terrell Fields. And so, I don't know if you'll, you know Terrell Fields, but he is the only person that has, like, liked our Instagram posts. Oh, <laughs> I did, I did, yeah, I did see he was slid into the fucking DMs. Slid into the DMs, so, like, so you know, I checked him out. I checked this. him out. I had, like, uh, he has, like, 200 monthly listeners. Um most of the songs aren't really great, but 21 is actually a pretty damn good song. Pretty good, uh, I mean, kind of generic hip-hop, but uh, nothing wrong with that, really. Um, yeah, totally listenable. So, shout out to Real Fields for giving us the support we deserve. <laughs> He's um, a verified artist, baby. Yeah, seriously. So the support we need, frankly. Um, then I listened to Strange Love, which is a single by an artist named Cautious Clay. Haha, you get it? Um, oh, I get it. Yeah, featuring Kentucky because <laughs> Muhammad Ali. I get it. Featuring Saba and pretty good song, just a good bop, very casual. Um, yeah, easy going, nice summer. Song. Uh, I like I like Saba's verse on that, but I don't know that there's a Saba verse I don't like. So I was about to say, is there really one you don't like? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. like that. That I still go back to that. Um, what is it? Ghetto Sage collab of like him. Smino, no name. Um, not, yeah. not, not, not that particular song that they did under that name, but uh, on her album, the uh, Ace song. Oh yeah, Ace. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. his verse on that's insane. Um, hey, I mean, he's got ever since I heard uh, Butter. That's that's when Saba like solidified himself. Back yeah. when uh, I feel like I remember seeing uh, hip hop heads post like way back when talking about man, mm-hmm. this guy's gonna blow up sometime. I'm not sure like when, and I'm talking years ago. So it's just kind of cool to see how this artist is still going, whereas right. uh, some artists from you know even five years ago when, aren't really still going. I'm I'm pretty sure because he's not even released an album like in three years or yeah, something like that, like a full project. So I'm pretty sure. At least, like, according to his socials and stuff, like, he's been working on something. So, uh, yeah, I'm going well, to venture to say that he's got an album in the works. And okay, if it's anything uh, like Care For Me, it'll be one of my favorite albums. Okay, yeah, well, I've been assuming Absol has been working on an album for about five years now, so you might want to keep your hopes down. Yeah, <laughs> like, but TDE does whatever they fucking want, and specifically Top is just someday. Like, yeah. Someday I'm going to get an Absol album that everybody's going to be like, oh, this is mediocre, but I'm going to be like swearing up and down by it just like the last <laughs> one and just like the one before that <laughs> true, true so uh yeah that's all i did my week all right well mine was much less eventful and i can't even really comment because i kind of already did about this is us but yeah they just decided to do this weird cliffhanger um i mean not cliffhanger sorry but um it's a very like relationship 
heavy show and not in the sense of like you know people are constantly dating other people but like it usually focuses on like these longitudinal relationships people have even if they're no longer like you know intimate or sexual or anything like that and uh yeah they just basically hinted that one of the main characters is getting a divorce um when there was like basically you thought one of them was gonna be single forever and then they end up finding their like perfect match partner and they've been together and they have children and randomly all of a sudden like zero context they play a scene from the future where that person that you never thought was getting married is getting remarried and you're like what why so either the person the love of their life dies and they found another love of their life but then you get to see who she's getting married to and lo and behold it's a dude that we've only just met who's actually also an actor in a million little things oh wow. um, so how did yeah, he, wanna... how did he meet my mother same <laughs> uh and uh yeah so just a whole um a whole bunch of fuckery in the tv shows i've been watching just like random little cliffhangery things and now with the announcement that that show's ended too i'm like yeah but um outside of that i haven't watched absolute shit this week um just been super busy but yeah dmx album uh pretty much the same shit you said i think i don't even know that i like the money bag yo song and i really probably just because i all the songs sounded the same and i wasn't paying attention to any of them in particular that now that I went, when you just said like the little sample in the background, the little piano bit, uh, it's, like the, it's actually pretty sick. Yeah. 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 Um, and I did listen to the terrible fields, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk shit cause he's listening. Thanks you gotta give him respect. But, okay. You gotta put respect yeah, I on do. it. This man's respecting I mean, it's better, our grind. It's, it's for sure. It's better than I could do. That's all right. I'll say. It's better than a lot of Spotify artists have that like are a hundred listeners, you know? So true. Actually, a thousand list like Braxton. I know Braxton's on there. Only way is and, up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then, you know, I listened to the also the Sabo song that you put up. But um, I've been watching Top Boy, and that's a British crime show on Netflix. So I guess I did technically watch that, and I'm like halfway through the first season. Um, it's really good. Really interesting. I mean, really good's overstatement. It's captivated me enough to keep watching it. Um, it's pretty... I wouldn't say even for me, like it's just like it is just a crime show about you, you know for the casual audience people for the casual audience out there that is pretty high regards coming from John. I just want uh, people listening <laughs> to know. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's it's very very watchable, and again, I, I think it's because it's like a unique spin on something that we've all probably watched a lot, like in the states, where this is the British perspective. So, like one, like obviously it's a lot more emphasis on like knife fights than guns. Cause just guns aren't a super available thing. So like when a person does have a gun, it's always like a real fucking serious extra heightened moment. You know what I mean? Down the street in fucking Lyston, you might just bump into someone with a goddamn gun. So it's not quite as, uh, I don't know. They make, they make the scenes more impactful in a lot of ways. Um, Oh yeah. It's just about like the words, not cartel. And I don't think it's really even a gang, but, group of people organized crime and drug stuff um very very interesting not um, the mob. And like pretty emotional no it's i mean no no gotcha nah okay um like it's way too under developed both like in terms of like this hierarchy of the systems that they've established with their dealers and stuff mm. and in terms of like they're all still kind of broke like none of them are like you know, mafia rich people. They're all like still struggling, like in the fucking hood. Like, um, but it's good. It's good. There's a lot of really good actors in it and actresses. Um, 
And so they play songs like Netflix does. And so this Drugs on Tap was one of them that actually made a scene, I thought, slightly better. Um, but it's a, I know, that's why I put it in, because it's opposite of what the formula that you and I usually share, where they just put a song and it ruins whatever fucking thing. Because it was basically like a big chase scene. Um, and the song very, like, well does, uh, like, the lyrics and the content of the song match the whole reason that this whole chase scene's going down. So it's like, really, it almost sounded like it was written for it, even though it wasn't, which is nice. Um, that I can excuse. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like it just played underneath someone talking. Yeah. Tasteful yeah, is no. totally fine. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, Billie Eilish has uh, another new single for this thing that I'm sure is coming out at some point, but she's now a mega super millionaire pop star. So it's whatever the label wants. Smile. <laughs> but yeah I, I actually kind of like this one um i actually the last I, I, forgot several, I, I listened to that one yeah it's pretty good the last several i have not liked like at all nope. and this one has caught me by in a pleasant surprise and i'm now slightly back on the hype train for it um and yeah and then i listened to this denzel curry and uh i don't even know fucking play that boise like <laughs> which is just you know yeah his like alter ego thing which it's cool. It's cool. It's artistic. Okay, you want to get it? He's a provocateur. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just yeah, it's fine. You, you you listen to it and you let me you let me know what you I'll think. I'll be sure to. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it because it's not even rap, really. Oh. So I don't even know what to say because I really like Denzel Curry, but sometimes he gets on this like, I want to be like just the most fucking contrarian like antithetical person and edgy and i'm like okay bro you need to chill but he liked it so i mean i can't stop him it's his art whatever just it's not very good <laughs> spoilers <laughs> but yeah that's kind of all i listen to besides the or watch too did you listen to that new um, logic song no i uh i saw that it got released but i didn't actually even try to listen to it uh, i didn't want to listen to it it's not hip hop. So. Is it? It's really? uh, him with a guitar, sounds like. Can he sing? Mm, you can listen to it. <laughs> You'll figure I it don't out. want to. I mean, <laughs> too bad. That's that's too bad. You're the one who told me about it. I thought I assumed that's you had true. listened to it. So, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I just um, you know, here's the problem. I dislike Logic so much, and I've been on at least one or two Logic rants at this point throughout the show's history. Like, I don't want to give him publicity of any kind. Like, he doesn't mm -hmm. deserve it. Mm -hmm. So me watching his stuff is giving him a click. That's fair. And me talking about his stuff it might even be giving him more than one click. It might. I can't allow yeah, that to happen. It might. So now we stay avoiding that because... Okay, no yeah. Logic on, on stream nope. anymore. No, no Logic. <laughs> Is that, that yeah, all you did? That's yeah. It. yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, um, reference you? for one or the other. I let's let's do movie for once. I feel like we never really? do movie okay. first. We literally never we do movie we first. We don't. So, we don't. Uh, we don't. Uh, I, I've so even been thinking of just changing the episode titles just so like <laughs> it's in order. But, all right. Uh, yeah. uh, so adaptation, uh, two thousand two Spike Jones movie. Uh, Nick Cage plays fucking twin brothers and what is really like unintentionally overcomplicated, I feel like. Uh, 
it's fine. It's not super complicated or anything, um, but I'm pretty sure it's intentional. It, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's very intentional. Like that's the whole point. Well, I don't. I don't mean that it's complicated in a way of like there's a lot going on. I mean it's complicated and like it feels, uh, maybe like timed poorly or spaced poorly or like edited poorly like there's a lot of just like random cuts and you know bad dialogue and shit like that that kind of makes it it's not hard to follow but harder than it needs to be to follow right if that makes sense because i mean it's uh, supposed to just be like a black comedy but where you want to start (laughs) though you gave some uh off the cuff points right there (laughs) uh nick cage cool yeah, okay, yeah, if you want to start with the acting. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage is really good. It's weird yeah. how well he portrays twins. I, I think it's it's to the point when you watch this movie that you can kind of tell he had mental rules for each twin. Like, I, I truly believe Nick Cage had some, like, this twin does this. I need to remember to talk like this. I need to remember to you know, move my hand this way or not move my hands this way or lean forward, yada, yada. And it, it definitely comes off. Like you can tell he's trying his damnedest and like it, it right. works out very well. He succeeds uh, with flying colors even, but I'll say the rest of the cast didn't really do anything for me. Um, they did their jobs like, and whether that's the script or not, you know, obviously the script is kind of, you know, self-centered upon Charlie Kaufman or whatever, Nick Cage's characters. Uh, right. So so maybe that's in part, or maybe that's due to... Maybe it's due to the script that this acting didn't come off as special. But Meryl Streep or um, the other guy that I commonly... Chris Cooper? Chris Cooper? Cooper? Chris Cooper, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they played their characters well, but uh, didn't stand out or anything. And there really wasn't that much supporting cast other than what his girlfriend, his agent and his brother's girlfriend, they, they all did. Okay. It's, it's definitely not one of those showcase movies like last week. Right. For sure. Last week was maybe the opposite of this, just the, you know, showcase the acting. But, uh, I'll even say that the kind of bland acting goes hand in hand with the bland side characters. I, yeah, like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally only cared about Charlie and Donnie Kaufman. I didn't. Yeah. There was nobody else that had any sort of emotional value or some sort of connection with me. I didn't relate to them at all. Um, I don't know. Kind of, kind of lackluster when it wasn't about Charlie and Donnie Kaufman. But I will say, when it was about those two, I really enjoyed it. Like when it was very yeah. centered upon them every scene with them or their interactions or even his inner monologues. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's a credit to Charlie Kaufman when you can make a he, voiceover work. Yeah. yeah. I was just say when he, uh, and ironically that, you know, they talk about how terrible voiceovers are in the scene that I actually think is like one of the better scenes in the movie, but he like finally goes and attends the fucking seminar thing that Donald's been like suggesting to him. Uh, and that guy's just like, what the fuck are you even, like, smoking? Like, this shit sounds terrible. You're wasting my time. You're wasting everyone here's time. Like, go fuck yourself. And then, obviously, there's a whole bunch of it. I don't need to describe the whole movie. But, um, 
like that scene in particular was the point where like I really got interested in Charlie Kaufman because it was like really just you could finally see like all his little threads that he was going to focus on for the rest of the movie and you could at least see that they might be getting wrapped up or that he's at least figuring out what's wrong as opposed to like just this spiraling maniac which he basically was for the whole beginning half um yeah uh, you know you're definitely right it did it did get focused after that point for sure it felt like there was an well, actual and, it, and that's because i mean that's obviously also just taking place in new york and then because he's in New York and then the writers in New York, like that's when the mm. plots start to like merge yep. too. So I'm sure it's around that time anyway, that the movie was going to start just making more sense. Um, but in a vacuum, like up like that first half, like I was like really, I felt like was uninspired and like boring. And then obviously it picks up a lot more when again, the characters just interacting more and it's not all just like cerebral in Charlie's little fucking bubble. Um, but I hated basically like any time they would play out the story that he was reading in the book trying to write. Like I didn't care to see Meryl Streep and John LaRoche talk about anything. Nope. Or I guess Chris Cooper. I shouldn't use his character's name and then I mean, Meryl Streep's actress. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I know it's can. confusing. It's confusing though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it was like I did not care at all. I could I was like getting bored. I was like, I don't need to pick up my phone, but you're making me want to pick up my phone. Um Whereas, obviously, in the second half, yeah, things just really picked up. And then, you know, I, I basically, the movie happened in a way that I was totally fine with it going. But I basically ended the movie, like, really not caring. You know, like, were you, like, you know, when the whole big thing happens and they're, like, running in the woods and then Donnie basically just gets fucking obliterated, like, in numerous ways, gets shot, and he fucking gets ejected from the car. Like, I was just, like... Okay. Yeah. Um. I. Quite, hold on. Let me look at my uh, notes. Yeah. On my plus sides, I have the ending, but on my negative sides, I have the climax. Yeah. So like, I liked how it wrapped it all up, but how it got there, I'm not too sold. That whole. That whole 180 character change, almost a twist in a way. Like about like Meryl Streep being yeah, a fucking yeah, yeah. drug that, addict. That was really. <laughs> felt really weird and just like out of nowhere it felt so unnecessary yeah maybe i missed something maybe i like should have been paying more attention to her character uh at the beginning but it just yeah it it seemed really weird and almost as if like her part in the plot didn't really matter does that make sense like Mm -hmm. she didn't do anything that really got the plot going or anything other than you know just being the character that wrote the book uh all of her interactions were like just due to the plot happening. There's just, there's nothing her interactions with any of the characters and her turns as a character or developments or whatever just fell flat. Like whatever happened to her, I didn't care because she wasn't really that important or it, it didn't feel like she's that important. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird when a movie's like this where like, I really enjoy the surrealist editing and, just kind of fucking with you, like, oh, is this meta, here's John Malkovich, here's the set of being John Malkovich, and then here's actual Charlie Kaufman, here's his fake brother, you know, whatever. I really enjoy all right. that meta surrealism. But that only goes so far, you know? This right, is... yeah, it's like, it's it's just a... 
it's just a tool, but it's not the substance. You know what I mean? Like if you're building your house, like yeah, you had a fucking really cool saw, but like it didn't make the house cool. You know? Yeah, that's it, how it felt. If this, if the uh, timeline and like the order of events weren't like so surreal, the actual plot of this movie is very plain. It's very yeah. There's there's nothing it's, crazy about it. It's just so I'm I'm not one to steal someone else's content, and I especially just don't really care what other critics have to say. But uh, this is like a hugely well-regarded like really good movie um like yeah, actually, I've heard. charlie kaufman i think has only written like four or five movies and three of them are like in this fucking like saved in congress as like being in like the top hundred screenplays of all time okay hey, this I'm, is one I'm of sure those. the screenplay is fantastic yeah again more proper this i'm just movie, saying it's, though. Yeah. it's received amazing fucking critiques so there's one negative critique i read uh and it just captivates like everything I really want to say perfectly. It's too smart to ignore, but a little too smugly superior to like. This is a movie that ends up slapping its target audience in the face by shooting itself in the foot. And I go, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little more, uh, <laughs> a little more. I mean, it's a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little bit more wordy, you know. Poetic, but like, even. It, yeah, it. it is so focused on doing movie things because it's a movie about making a movie. And obviously he's a really talented person who actually knows the ins and outs of making a movie. So lo and behold, the screenwriting process and actually adapting a book to film, he probably knows pretty intimately. Uh, But I think for the sake of making that, you know, trope happen, they like really just sacrificed a lot of what could have been more interesting with just, plot choices even if nothing else but yeah i don't know it just felt it felt boring then it felt cool and then i felt like i got a resolution to conflict that didn't exist yes yeah so i just it ended and i went "Uh uh-huh right so like where was the movie (laughs) like what did i just watch yeah uh you know i Every, I'm sure, I'm sure every screenwriter or most screenwriters have thought about writing a movie, about writing something. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's just natural to think. Yeah, anyone who likes meta things, I think, yes. would have thought that. Thought. So yeah, so I'm, so I'm gonna give Charlie Kaufman all the credit he deserves because I'm sure the script is amazing, but this movie is just not it. It's things are too grounded in a weird way. Like I. <laughs> It's weird to criticize a movie that has its own faults talked about within the movie. Uh, so it's like he knows what's going on. He he knows it, but at the same time, it's still in the movie. It's not making it any better. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if it, Maybe if they concentrated some things. Maybe if there's an actual, like... I don't know, an actual development in the book or not just the, you know, what I said before, a complete 180 of Meryl Streep's character. I just felt like that was a weird, (laughs) definitely not, I guess it's probably not technically a deus ex machina, but it felt like a weird MacGuffin just to get to the ending that we got. Uh, It it, it, it didn't feel fluid at all. It just, I don't know. It's weird. This movie's weird. I I thought it's well put together. Oh, yeah. And well, just, you know, to, to go back to that, you know, critic's point of like, it slaps its target audience in the face. I don't know what like critics and people who like really are in the movie industry really liked about this. I must just like not quite be there enough to understand it. But like, 
they they even did a thing. Okay, so like a step back meta thing, not even really about the movie, but like how it was received. On like the award ceremony circuit, the screenplay, even though the movie title sequence doesn't credit anyone but Charlie, because he's the only one in his family. Him and Donald Kaufman won the Academy Award and like won a bunch of screenwriter stuff and like it's a literal fictional character. So I'm like, did everyone just think that was cute? Like, you know, like does that just add to the element and the flavor? I go I think so. It almost seems like I don't know, like sarcastic. It felt weird. Like it made it seem like everyone was in on this cool thing that wasn't actually cool. Yeah, uh, may like maybe he just won that award just so they could get that joke through, or just so yeah, they could get that exactly. Reference. Yeah, that that's what it feels like. It feels like lazy or lame or cheapened. Yeah, uh, there's there's not a ton more to say. I don't think about this movie other than it's just I don't know this weird scattershot of a movie. Um, but I, I will say I think we talked about the pacing, or I mean I think that's what most of our points have been about. I will say something I really didn't like is like the cinematography and the photography it just didn't do anything is that just me like a really basic for a movie that again so much with the writing it did nothing with the camera like almost it was the most basically filmed thing the most even the action even the action sequences i felt like were just like really like either linear like tracking like they're driving the car linear tracking shots are just like a fake green screen in the background mounted on the fucking dash. Like, really just lazy. Just did not absolutely nothing. And it's weird because I really appreciate being John Malkovich. I think that movie has aged incredibly the same, well. The same reason this one's bad. Yeah, for like <laughs> the same reason that this movie hasn't aged incredibly well. Maybe they're going for that, but at the same time, fuck off. if that's what you're going for just a you know very early 2000s late 90s camera feel and you're like you know what i'm gonna be uninspired but that's inspiring you know i i don't care because it doesn't make the movie any better uh there are tons of movies or tons of directors that have showcased this exact skill yes what they're doing because that you know it's nothing special i don't know (laughs) the camera work i i just assumed spike jones would a little more pizzazz, a little more flair, but uh, I don't, I don't see any of that other than the writing. The writing is literally like the writing and Nick Cage. It's the only parts of this movie. Everything else, not amazing. Uh, I will say I enjoyed the comedic elements. That was, I, I definitely liked like just the interactions between uh, Donnie and Charlie. I think were pretty great. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, enjoyable. even sometimes, what's his name? LaRoche, um, Chris Cooper. Yeah. His character is funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, the first time when, like, Charlie gets caught following Meryl Streep and he's just, like, butt ass naked talking to him, like, I laughed during that scene even at the beginning. Before they were like, let's fucking kill him. Right. I was like, wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so, if I had to put a score on this, I'd, I would just give it, like, a seven. Just like Ooh. it. I think it just does the job and that's it. I don't know that does the job for me. I would. I think it's like a six. six hey, five. You, listen. You can talk me down to six, six, five. I I have no affinity for this movie. Like it didn't do anything that captured me enough for me to defend the seven. <laughs> like, I, think, I think I think a separate yeah. scoring measure that we can use if we are having difficulty because mm. I've just thought of it and it's something that we talk about but we don't do consistently. 
when's the next time you would rewatch this and maybe get something out of it? Absolutely never. Exactly. So that's why it's a six for me. I'm like a seven. I could probably rewatch. You could probably talk me into rewatching at some point. This is a literal. I will not watch this movie again. You would uh, maybe if you paid me. Yeah, maybe. like I, I could, <laughs> I could rewatch this movie if you were right, dead but set. I yeah, but if you're like, hey, do you want to watch this or uh, anything I don't know, else? Any movie we've seen the past like few weeks? I'd probably watch the other ones. I don't know. There's just Same. other other than the really meta creative script, which of course they're Again. really good. Yeah, it's genius. I I, I, <laughs> I want to reiterate. I get that. But the movie's not so great. So uh six five, let's do it. I'll I'll go down. You can sway me a bit. <laughs> um, you wanna get to the album? Yep, so we got uh the artist hilariously named I don't even know what the fuck it means or anything, but Peter Cat Recording Company. Uh and then the album is Bismillah, I believe is how it's pronounced. I'd say Bismillah, you know, like Bismillah. the infamous on the ah, right? Mm, I think that just sounds sure. better. Bismillah, you know. It's got Whatever an H on the end. At the reason, <laughs> uh, you know, I can finally talk about an album. Maybe not as much or more positively than the movie. But, no, 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 at no. least, at least enough. Yeah, I just meant that this album's actually giving me some substance and lyrics that I can latch onto, and songs and themes. You know, I can actually really talk about this album. I'm like, I don't know, the last while. Um, I really like this album. Like, it's such yeah, it a was really vibe. Good. Absolutely, just from the get-go, man. At first, like, I like when... I really like when a song creates an ambiance, or, you know, creates a... Literally creates a mood for you to be in. You know, it doesn't care what mood you're in, you're going to be in the mood of this right. song. You, yeah, right. You, yeah. you put the song on, and poof, you've changed to match it. Exactly. So this first song where it starts off with like the kind of the creaky like night sound effects and then slowly transitions into this just funky psychedelic song that's got like a singer who sounds a mix between like Barry Manilow and you know, I don't know, just like Sinatra, almost just that old voice, just deep yep. voice. Um, I don't know, baritone, what is the, t- I don't know the actual term, whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, just from the first song on, I, I kind of, I was assuming the first song would be a fluke, like Lemonade last week, and it wasn't. I was very excited because, if anything, it almost got better after the first song, which is crazy to think. Yeah, that... <laughs> it, yeah it was really good. I honestly would just say generally, I liked way more songs than I disliked. Like, I so, don't know I, if well, I liked to dislike the songs. Uh, I I disliked like two. I think not not for any particular. They weren't bad. I just like relatively. There were some longer songs on here that like eh, it's kind of a lot. But no, it's a really good album. Is all I was getting at. But I don't even know that I have a favorite because I just liked so many of them. And I mean, it sounds pretty consistent as far as. I had a yeah, I was memory box and freezing stood out to me. I really liked all of them, but those were the two that really stood out to me. Uh, freezing, especially because I love how it's like haunting at the beginning. Freezing and the song after that, it's very haunting the first 10 seconds. And then it breaks down into like 70s keyboard or synth. And and then you get the trumpets or the horns, whatever. Yeah. There's just so much it's- going on. It's hilarious because, like, like to me, because obviously this was recommended to us, and it was, you know, 
Indo jazz or Indian jazz, something like that. Um, Indo jazz. Like yeah. Category, uh, the genre that it's in. And I was like thinking it was going to be more, I don't know, like. Stereotypical Miles jazz? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, like even, even closer to like the fucking snarky puppy stuff. Like just, you know, a lot, you know, more upbeat or a lot more traditional i guess is the word but not like not in a bad way but what they did was they did a lot like randomly interspersed like some like elevator music e-jazz which i wouldn't consider like traditional jazz and then also like just random shit i really haven't ever heard so uh yeah i don't know it was kind of crazy i thought it was really good though um and yeah i agree like there were a lot of sounds like they tried to make each song have its sound and they had like i don't know if that's the right term or proper term but like i always call it like a soundscape where like again most of these songs start with like a little uh you know could be fucking birds chirping or a weird haunting like you know floor creak or something and then that kind of sets the space for the whole song and then they you know they switch it up and they change it up and obviously this guy's voice never sounds haunting so it's so good <laughs> confusing but um his yeah, voice was, is like, just really like silky sm- silky smooth this man's voice um I, I can't say that enough because you almost don't know what to expect every song like you know you, you see all the pieces you hear all the pieces but then song after song it's you know it's different enough right so it, i never really got bored by this album you know i i felt like it was always changing enough without going too diverse as we've seen before, where they just lose the whole, right? My whole, uh, uh, I don't know, the the atmosphere, the ambiance, you know, my immersion. They lose my immersion, and this album never did that. I was fully immersed the whole time. You um, did you like Vishnu Heart? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't love it, but I liked it. See, that was one of my two. I didn't really care for like at all. Mm. It was unlike the other songs. It felt really samey the whole time. Um. And I thought his singing changed for, like, once that I didn't quite like. Like, I don't know if they distorted it or something, put a little sound effect or something on it, but it sounded funky. Um, maybe, like, a weird filter or layered in some way. The bad sort like. of like, I really hate, I, I hate textured voices, really, for the most part. Like, you just need to put your voice on it, and, like, you can auto-tune yourself or something if you wish. But, like... Uh, the classic example that I can think of that I know you've listened to because we listened to it together is the uh, that Bon Iver Taylor Swift song. Yes. Where they layer their vocals over each other to do a harmony, but then they layer it and pitch it up and down octaves so that you hear them, their own voices, like at eight different sounds at once. And I'm like, you got to stop it. It's like a fucking... The only word that I can think of is cacophonous. It is just fucking ear blasting. Oh, that's, that's um, and then the other song I didn't particularly care for was uh second to last song, "Remain in Me." Um, yeah, that was the more like almost too old funk in a way. Uh, it, it felt like a little, a little too Barry Manilow. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> uh, I just, I think. Maybe it was like the drum pattern or something. I don't know. Like I, for some reason, that song I really heard like every single fucking uh, note that the drummer played. Like 
don't know. It, I didn't like it. It was weird. You know, the drummer's got to get some, some, you know, some spotlight too. You know. Well, but it was a bore. Like it was boring, is what I mean. Like it was somehow overemphasized, even though it was like underutilized. Wow, does that make sense? No, but you know, I'll take your word for it. If that's what you got from the song, John. I'm not gonna argue. Like, it's like if you were at a rap show mm-hmm. and your rapper was on stage and you're really fond of him for being a lyricist. And for some reason, you can't really hear him. You just hear the okay beat in the background. That's what I was hearing in the song. The drummer was not doing anything crazy for me. He was playing like four or five notes and basically just keeping the tempo. And that's all I heard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is like fine, but it's kind of obnoxious. Um, and yeah, besides that, like actually, surprisingly, for once, there's a fucking eight minute song on this thing, Memory Box. Yeah, I, I think like it's Memory amazing. Box. Yeah, I really know that's so good. Like the, just the intro, even I was hooked. Just the fucking like, it's like they sampled an old vinyl mm-hmm. and then they looped that, and then the like that was the sample throughout the song. It was dope. Yeah, uh, and then and then the ending that they uh, I'm dreaming or am I dreaming? Dream? I'm dreaming again. Shit, shit, I'm dreaming. Yeah, okay, well, uh, the last song I really, really love as a last song, it just, it almost, it, it almost tied the whole album together in a way, like, the, the themes of each song where, you know, like, there's a couple about love, there's one where I'm pretty sure it's just about him daydreaming and just talking about things he's thinking of, and so it's really cool that this last song is just like, oh shit, right. I'm oh, dreaming right. again, yeah, <laughs> and right. It's such a such a good way to cap off an album. I think uh, for once, maybe maybe since like to pimp a butterfly for something. I think for once the the theme of this album, or like how what it does thematically, is just really nice. Just really it, well put together. I think it is Bismillah, like you said. Mm, I mean that you know. Sometimes because, I'm right, you know. Well, well apparently it's um, like Muslim invocation like at the beginning of doing a ceremony it means like in the name of a law boom bismillah see <laughs> obviously you had it wrong it's not bismillah duh come on whatever it's offensive um, really but I, I i liked shit i'm dreaming but i also again like the sample soundscapey thing that they did with that one is like it was almost too different it was like a ZZ Gibson Spacey-esque. It, it was, and maybe that's I, I, I got an underwater vibe. I got an underwater vibe. Underwater vibe? Yeah. Not a spe- I mean, Spacey underwater, you know, that's corresponding, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh... I mean, it was fine. I, I didn't hate that song. I, I actually liked it, but it was... I, I didn't think it was perfect. It was a good outro for sure, but, um... Anything else you want to say about the album in particular? I mean, not particularly. Um, yeah, not not particularly. Uh, just that what, I what score was absolutely enjoy it. Uh, you know, I put nine ish. Like really? Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was prepared to go nine five. Uh, not a ten. I think ten like listenability definitely a ten. But if we're just like talking about ten out of ten albums of all time, yeah, it's not a ten. Yeah. But it's so close. It's so close. I, I want people to know it's it's very close. Like it's on the cusp, the cusp of being a ten. Um, For me, it's probably like an eight five. Um, they're really, besides like one song I actually really didn't like. Like there were no faults. It was really interesting. Um, 
but I, I didn't want to like try to overvalue the fact that I really had no idea what to expect and then somehow was still delivered something that was even crazier and cooler. Like I, I really I'm, hope we haven't ruined the Indo jazz. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like this is yeah. peak Indo jazz and we'll never come back because Yeah, it's like your first anime being Cowboy Bebop, you just you ruin all right. the other animes. So right, right. I, I I hope, you know, in some other months we go Indo jazz again. It's not just like garbage compared to this. Right. Uh, it's just or maybe we just review their other album that they have. Yeah, maybe. You know what? Maybe. Uh that way we're not that disappointed you know it's still gonna be in that uh realm but uh any closing remarks before we get out of here um i would just say i would take more suggestions because this was uh this was choice so yeah i definitely recommend so yeah yeah that's it eight five i think Eight five, you know, I'll 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 stick with my nine five, so that rounds to nine. How about that? Yeah, Some I mean, and I think shit. I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Okay, so that has been episode thirty two of the worst critics, and this week we are listening to Boy in the Corner by Dizzy Rascal. Then we are going to watch the movie Prisoners. Uh, I am Noah Davis. I'm John Peenum. And we will see you next week, episode 33. Catch us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We're out of here. Peace.